Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Promise Center's weekly podcast. We hope that this message blesses you and encourages you to take your next step in following Jesus. As always, feel free to check us out at www.thepromisecenter.com for more information on our church, what we're doing to make a difference in Sonoma County, and how you can partner with us. God bless, and enjoy this week's message. Center. Everybody doing good today? So I don't have my spurs. I don't even have my boots. I do actually love to wear boots, though. Just not today. I'm in California, so I thought I went in Rome. Be like the Romans. How's everybody today? You're doing good? What a powerful presentation just a moment ago of how the body of Christ can make a difference in a community. And I'm so excited to be, while I'm here today, I'm a part of the Promise Center. This is my church, so I'm a part of, I'm glad to be a part of what you're doing and what God's doing through you. Thank you, Pastor Chad and Heidi. Thank you for your friendship. I think it was, I think, three years ago that we were here, and wow, things have changed. This is amazing. This is amazing. I am so excited for you guys and for all that uh, is happening here with the new facilities. And this is so beautiful. And God is doing great things in this community through you. There's nothing quite like finding your purpose. They say the two most important days of your life is number one, when you're born, and second, when you realize why. It's just something about finding your purpose and and. Figuring out why God put you here that just puts wind in your sails. It really energizes you for, for real change in the world, and that's amazing. I want to say, um, <clears throat> again, thank you for the opportunity to be here. My wife and I, this past Tuesday, this is my wife, Gina, by the way. Wave your hand there, Gina. Thank you, thank you, thank you. She, um, she and I celebrated 25 years last Tuesday our wedding anniversary. So to tell you a little bit about us, we have six children. That's usually when I hear the sharp intake of breath, like (gasps) we have a 21-year-old daughter, an 18-year-old daughter, a 12-year-old son, a 9-year-old son. These two boys, by the way, in whom dwell 98.7% of all the energy in the universe. 12 and 9, and then we have twins. There's the surprise right there. So actually, we wanted to have five children. We wanted one more, and so one more became two more. It was God's double blessing, and it has been the most incredible, wild adventure. It has been amazing. So we're out here celebrating. It's the first time we've done this in 25 years. We're taking two weeks and doing nothing, deliberately, intentionally, nothing. We scheduled nothing. If you look on our calendar, it says nothing. So anyway, that's what we're doing, and we're, we're really enjoying getting to celebrate that. But while we're here, the opportunity to be with you guys is really a great blessing. I'm excited about um, um, a very kind of an unusual and impromptu word that the Lord just kind of dropped in my heart for today. I serve as, uh, my wife and I, we serve as pastors at 
Freedom Life Church in Mansfield, Texas, and we planted a new church just a little over a year ago. And so we're in the we're in the new church church planting thing right now, and it's it's an exciting adventure. Pre, uh, prior to that, I was a pastor at a church for 17 years, and I've actually been in the ministry for 30 years. So you know, you have twins, and you just go crazy, and you just say, "Let's do a whole new thing." And so we're planting this new church, and it's been quite an adventure. But as I was thinking about today and the word for today, praying over it, it was sort of funny how it came to me. I was standing yesterday along Market Street in San Francisco, and I'm watching the crowds go by. My wife was shopping. I'm leaned against the wall outside waiting for her to come back out. That's my role. That's the part I play in the whole shopping experience. And so I'm watching people go by, and I saw a young man come walking by, and he had a T-shirt on, and he said on his shirt, it said, I found myself when I lost my faith. And so I blinked rapidly three or four times and thought, oh, Lord, and I watched him as he walked by, and I studied him as he crossed the street and went down the sidewalk and I prayed, oh, God, what's he been through? What brought him to this point where he not only had the, the experience of losing his faith and thinking that he's found himself in that, but he feels so strongly about it that he actually bought the shirt <laughs> or had it made. He wants to be sort of an evangelist for this idea that I found myself when I lost my faith. I prayed for him, and I thought, Father, is there any way somehow you could just send angels right now to walk with him the rest of this day? And Would you lead him somehow to encounter you in a way that lets him see you and know you totally different from whatever it was that bruised him and wounded him so deep that he could celebrate the loss of faith? I wondered about his story. I wondered about the background. Was he raised in a, maybe a hyper-religious home? Maybe he was raised in a family that was super strict. Maybe somehow church became just religion to him. Maybe it became very oppressive and controlling. Maybe he resented it from a very young age and he was looking for a way out. Maybe he went to university. Maybe he encountered a professor. Who knows how it happened? But I began to wonder what was his journey that took him to this point where he could unconvert, as it were, and say, I'm renouncing my faith in Christ or in God at all. I wondered if maybe he had been very passionate about his faith. Maybe he was one of those that was rabid and fervent. Maybe he was one of those like we're right across the street during that moment with the bullhorn screaming at the people trying to get on the cable car. Repent or perish. Repent or perish. Repent. It made me mad and I'm a believer. And I'm standing there thinking that's so obnoxious. 
It was so obnoxious. Bullhorn right in everybody's face. Jesus loves you. Does he? Whoa. I wondered, but was he that? Maybe he was so rabid and so energetic. You see, when people do that sort of thing, they're trying to do penance for their own sense of unholiness. They're trying to somehow get out and make some kind of statement to drown out their own demons within. And I wondered, was he, was he so rabid and so passionate that at some point he realized, I cannot get good enough no matter how hard I try. You see, that's the point religion always brings you to. That it doesn't matter how hard you try, you simply can't get good enough to please God. And I wonder if that's when he came to his moment of crisis, to his moment of cratering in his faith. And so I watched him walk by, and I prayed for him, and I said, Oh, God, please, let him encounter someone who portrays Jesus as he really is. Whisper to him, Lord, at night. Let him hear your voice somehow. And let him experience the love of God. And as he walked by, I don't, I don't know how it happened, but I had this weird whiplash moment in my own brain because I thought, you know, I, I, actually, I actually relate to that. And I thought as he walked by, you know what? I, I, I think I could almost wear that T-shirt myself. I mean, I wouldn't because I wouldn't want anyone to take it wrong, but I, I can actually relate. If you think about it, I can actually relate to that. I found myself when I lost my faith. I found my, when I lost my faith. You see, I was raised very religious. Now, this is no bad reflection on my parents. They're wonderful. They gave me the best form of Jesus they knew how to give. They loved God with all their heart. My father passed away this past April, and I still grieve him every day. I miss him so much. My father was an honest man, a, a man of God, a man who loved God with all of his heart. They gave me the best Jesus they knew how to give. So this is no reflection, kind of like the statement, you know, the views on this program do not reflect the management of this station. You, you can't blame what happened to me on my parents. They, they gave me the best form of love in God they knew how to give. But something happened to me, and I don't know how it happened exactly, but in my perfectionistic, there's you a big word, in my perfectionistic bent, something in my personality that wants everything just right. Do I have any recovering perfectionists in the room with me right now? Hi, I'm Steve, and I'm a perfectionist. In, in, my, in that twist, that little that's in my brain, somehow I got hold of religion in a way that became very bent in my spirit. And it became for me a quest to try to be good enough, to try to be holy enough. I even put rules on myself no one else put on me. I did everything I could trying to become as holy as I could possibly become. It didn't work. In fact, all it did was it created a backlash of resentment within my spirit to where I began to resent the impossible standards of God. I can never please you. And I had my own moment. It's very, very private. It's a very personal moment. I can't share much about it, but I had my own moment with God. When I lost my faith, 
I came to a place where I was so low and so broken. I did not know if in the next morning I would still be a follower of Jesus. It was that severe. And I came to a place where I was so broken. I cried out to God and I remember crying out to him. And please forgive me and don't judge me, okay? Is this a judgment-free zone? Come on, people. Is this a judgment-free zone? Okay, all right, all right, then I feel safe. And I, and I cried out to God, I screamed, and I said, I cannot please you no matter what I do. I can't be good enough. No matter how hard I try, I can never please you. And I punched the cushions in the chair as I knelt, praying, crying, screaming, broken. And over the next few days, I had an encounter and an experience with God that absolutely transformed my life. And in those moments, I don't know how to tell you, but I lost my faith. I lost my, 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 my faith. I lost the faith in me. I lost the faith in my own ability. I lost the faith in my own confidence. I lost any hope in myself to be able to be good enough to please God. And in that moment, I discovered faith, real faith. The faith I had before was a religious faith. It was performance faith. It was false faith. It was actually works dressed up like faith. It was works in faith clothing. But in that moment, God changed me. And he's begun the process that's now been a journey for me for a long time. Leading me into a relationship instead of religion. Leading me into an experience with God instead of simply going through the motions of doing church and doing churchy stuff. And so I thought I could be the one wearing that t-shirt. I found myself when I lost my faith. I remember a few days after this experience that I had that was so profoundly reshaping. I remember I was talking to the Lord and, and I, I said, I was so angry at you. Why are you not angry at me? I did not feel God's anger. I felt his love. I felt his acceptance. It didn't make sense to me. I was thinking I needed a good spanking. You know, when I was a kid growing up, there was a difference between a whipping and a whooping. Do y'all know the difference? Okay, I got whoopings. And I was thinking I needed a, a good whooping. That's what I swear. I'd been raised. God whom God loves, he chastens. Wow, pow, 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 pow. Come on, God, hit me again. That's kind of how I was raised, you know. It's like God's going to punish you for that. And I said, Father, why are you not angry at me? I was so angry with you. Why are you not angry with me? And he said to me, you, you ready for this? This changed my life. He said to me, the anger that you felt was my spirit in you, angry at the false God in your mind. Because he said, the God you were mad at wasn't me. The God you were mad at was an idol of me, an image of me that you had shaped in your mind that you thought was me. And God said to me, nothing makes me angrier than idols because they, pre prevent, they present false concepts of who I am and imprison people in a lie. And so he said, we're going to tear those idols down. Wow. So I, I'm, I'm saying I'm getting the t-shirt. No, no, I'm not really. I'm not really. But I do want to read a couple of scriptures that actually really under, undergird and support the t-shirt, if you can believe that. What the guy meant for evil, God meant for good. That's all I can say. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 
is a powerful statement about faith. And this is a big deal. It's huge. Understanding what faith is, how faith works, how we get it, and, and whose faith we actually have when we hear the gospel and believe. This is huge. Galatians 2 and 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, this phrase, the faith, faith in the Son of God, is actually rendered in the Old English Version, the King James Version, is actually rendered faith of the Son of God. And there's actually stacks of books that could fill a library of theologians discussing this phrase, faith in the Son of God. It's found several other times in the New Testament, and it actually is best rendered faith of the Son of God. Because faith in Jesus is not just putting your faith objectively in Him across the room, but to have faith in Jesus is to have Jesus in you, which means that the faith of Jesus becomes your faith. Mm, now, we don't have like two hours here today to go through and prove all that, every verse in the New Testament, all right? But I'm just telling you, it's true. The faith of Jesus. The Bible teaches us that faith is a gift. He said, we're saved by grace through faith, and that faith, not of yourselves, it, faith, is the gift of God. Faith itself is a gift. He said it's not only been given to you to believe, but also to suffer for his name. It's given to you to believe. Romans 12 says every man is given a measure of faith. You're given faith. So the faith that you are given when you hear the gospel, because the gospel comes with faith in it, okay, the word of faith which we preach, when the word of the gospel is preached, it comes with embedded faith. You ever download something on, online on the computer? You download this little zip file, boom, comes down. You click unload or, or uh, unpack, and boom, here it goes. And everything, the installer, the executable files, everything you need is in it. That's exactly the way the gospel comes. When the gospel is preached, everything you need, the zip file, is put in your heart, and then it unpacks and begins to grow inside you. So when you hear the gospel of Jesus... You're actually, by the Holy Spirit, being given the gift to believe it's true. So if you heard the gospel and said, I believe that, that means the Holy Spirit has already breathed into you the breath of life and you've come alive in Christ. And now the faith of Jesus is beginning to grow like an embryo inside of you. And you begin to give birth to Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, that was my old preacher voice. Y'all hear that? That was powerful. That was pastoral. Did y'all hear that? Just felt special anointing on that. Jesus Christ gets inside you. He gets inside you, and he begins to grow inside you. But guess what's still in there? The old self. And so Colossians tells us you have to choose where you're going to live. You're going to live in the old self, or you're going to live in the new self. See, here's the problem. Too many of us as Christians, as believers, try to live for Jesus in the old self. The old faith, if I can say it that way. Self-confidence. I got this. I got this. This is no problem for me. Doesn't work that way. We have to shift out of our own strength into his strength, which requires confronting our weakness. 
because his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And here's where big, strong, robust men like me have problem letting go. That's that big Texan voice. Y'all hear that? Kind of feels like howdy pilgrim. Get my John Wayne going on here. <laughs> Come on, talk to me now. How many of you have been trying to live in the wrong strength? I have. How many of you have gritted your teeth, clenched, uh, clenched your fists and said, I got this. I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be a better Christian. I'm going to turn the world around. Look out, here I come. And you take two steps and fall right on your face. You get up again and you say, I got this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the world by storm. Come on, somebody. Help me preach a little bit. You're afraid. You're pleading the fifth out there. Refuse to incriminate yourself. Somebody say amen. You know it's right. It's the truth. And yet I found myself when I lost my faith. When my religious faith died and my faith in Christ was born. But here's what's really cool. Look at Philippians chapter 3. Begin with verse 7. Here's another very similar strain that Paul discusses. Philippians 3 verse 7. Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Whatever profit I had in my previous life, he said. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. There it is again. It could be the faith of Christ. The righteousness that from God. I love that. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. What faith? The faith of Jesus. The faith that was tested in the wilderness and said it is written three times. The faith that turned the water to wine. The faith that healed the sick, that raised the dead, that cast out demons. The faith that's been there, done that. The faith that went to the cross and got up three days later. Come on, people. If I'm going to live in anybody's faith, I want that one. I want that one. I want that kind of faith. Wow. Whew. Man, that makes me want to stop right there and just... Mm. Does anybody get what that means? If you get Jesus living inside of you, there is nothing that can stop you. People, I'm just telling you, it's like I feel Jesus right now, just all in this room. He's trying to grab a hold of somebody that's been hanging on to your old idols, your old images of what you think God is like. And he wants to rip you free from those lying images and smash them down in your life and liberate your mind to see him for who he is. But look at what he said, verse, uh, verse, verse, verse 8. I count everything as loss in order that I may gain Christ. Then look at verse 9. And be found in him. Where do I find myself? I find myself in him. When I allow the faith of Jesus to get loose in my life and begin the process of reshaping me, that's where I discover the true me. You see, here's the problem. The lies about God have cultivated lies about me. If I believe lies about the Father, I'm going to believe lies about me, His Son, or you, His daughter, 
You're going to believe lies about yourself. You're going to end up with a bent, twisted, distorted sense of self. If you think you can do it apart from him, you will end up, you will end up caricaturing. There's you another big word. Caricaturing yourself. Like the little drawings at the fairground, you know. That's sort of like your ears. Mm, uh, it's a little bit of your nose, but it's a whole lot more than that's actually there. It's a caricature. It's an exaggeration. And that's what we end up with our self-perception because our perception of God is messed up. And so he said, I will be found in him. So here's my word for you today. Surrender yourself to the faith of Jesus. Allow Jesus to plant his faith inside of you and to begin to grow in you his confidence. Say this with me. I can do all things. Ooh, say it again. I can do, say it with me. I can do all things. Say it again. I can do all things. What is the thing right now you're facing that it feels you cannot do? What is it you're facing in your life right now that seems impossible? Say it with me. I can do all things. How? Through Christ, which strengtheneth. Who does he strengthen? Me. The real me, the true me, the me I was created to be, the me I was destined to be before time began, the real me, not the false me, not the distorted me, not the bent me, not the twisted me, the real me, the me found in him. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over your people right now. I pray for their strength the anointing of your spirit to release our minds, to grasp the revelation that will become a reforming, reshaping revelation for the rest of their days. I release your word in this room right now, Father, with great faith knowing that it is your word that does the work. From this day forward, let our minds jolt back to this word when we are tempted to do it alone and let the Holy Spirit bring us back to the confidence that we have in the faith of Jesus. If you receive that right now into your life and into your family, can you just slip up your hands right now before the Lord and just say, in Jesus' name, I receive it. I wonder in this room right now as we wrap up this message and take this word home, who in this room right now has heard what I've preached and thought, you know, that, that's me. Maybe you even have a lapsed faith. Maybe you've been through that crisis. Maybe you're searching to find if God is true. Is Jesus really real? Is the Bible what it says it is? Is all this church stuff real or is it just a bunch of people pretending? Well, I want to invite you to invite Jesus to enter into your life today. Here's what I'd like to do right now. If there's anyone in this room, I'd love for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If there's anyone in this room right now that would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, I want to lead you forward. In the name of Jesus, pray this prayer with me, Lord Jesus. I want to follow you all the days of my life. And today has become your first step. It's time to follow him. Can everyone say amen? God bless you all.